Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Finks. All right, man. Another week. Episode 57. 57. All right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you guys can't hear any of these noises. We got some fans going and shit. My yeah. fucking AC blew out. Yeah. So, me and Keith are in here hanging on. But you know what? Yeah. It's no excuse. We got to. Yeah, we got to get the podcast. Even more than that, we live in Bakersfield, which is essentially like one step away from hell. So, <laughs> y'all got to bear with us. <laughs> this is this is this is a situation where you don't even want to be having like sex at a certain time. It's too hot. But a couple, a couple pumps in, you have to stop. Like, all right, man, I got to get Gatorade. Fuck this. Oh, it's funny, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because I was talking to one of my uh, my old coaches, and I was like, "Bro, like I'm, you know, I'm 27 now. I'm years removed from playing sports, and." I was like, I don't know how we did it. Like, right. I don't know how we was playing, you know, sports in the heat. And the thing that he told me, he was like, he's like, what I would do is build y'all up with the conditioning. So, like, early on into the season, I would have y'all running around before it got hot, hot. And then once it, you know, started getting hot, your conditioning would help you deal with the heat. So, I was like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I just kind of think it's more of the idea that you just had to do it if you wanted to play. I don't really think it's like we built you up to it. I think that's bullshit. Because at, at any moment, if it coach tell us, hey, you don't have to come to practice, we would have not came like a motherfucker. I would have been there. But I, I, just think, <laughs> I just think now, like, I, you know, even if it was like came to like hooping outside, like, Fuck it sounds that. fun, but I'm cool. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, my thing is I work an actual job. So the time I spend away from work, I like to spend it indoors. Yeah. You but know? she was just hooping the other day. Yeah, I was hooping, but I was at Silver Creek. Yeah. Silver Creek Park has a roof over it. Yeah, that's real. That mug is 20 degrees. Oh, man. Let's, let's get into that. Let's, let's get into that. Okay. I ran two games, right? Two <clears throat> full-court basketball games. Okay. I'm like 265 pounds, and I'm 34 years old. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm mediocrely athletic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for a big guy especially, my cardio is not bad. It's pretty good. But basketball is another – this is another beast. I'm mm-hmm. on the court. The first game, I'm doing my thing. I'm playing defense. I'm running all over the court. Everything's great. Man, that second game, I lost all my fucking juice, man. Yeah. My teammates with a bunch of these youngsters, they're like, come mm-hmm. on, big dog. Come on, man. <laughs> I know you ain't tired, cuz. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, big homie, come on, man. Don't quit, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> I got all these young dudes giving me moral support. It was fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Because it got to the point where I'm like <laughs> – imagine like – the ball going down one end, and then somebody steals it, goes back the other way, and I'm like walking back. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, big homie, come on, man!" You walk to all the ladies out there. Eddie just told y'all that he's only good for one round. Oh no, nah. that's different. <laughs> I'm just playing. Because in bedroom, I'm only using dick. I'm not using my whole body. It's just hips and dick. <laughs> they'll get worn out fucking with me. I'm like, when is it gonna stop? Uh, Oh no man But yeah Moving on Stop trusting people with secrets Mm -hmm. And the reason why uh, Me and Keith were talking about this earlier Is because You can't just trust the average person with, With like really private And sensitive information Because the same people you tell secrets can't even keep the fucking end game of the the freaking uh uh what's the newest one the uh, the the newest movie just came out yes in in game in game yeah uh the freaking avengers avengers yeah. end game mm-hmm. these motherfuckers on social media telling a goddamn movie every yeah the, like the most 
in, like important details of the of the movie. Yeah, the most important details of the movie. These motherfuckers are telling it. These are the same people that you'll tell like, oh, you know, I've been cheating on my wife. They're already telling everybody. They can't yeah. even keep a fucking movie secret. But you're telling these people about this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, just don't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's certain people that have to earn that type of trust. Yeah. But I've had some people tell me stuff that I did not want to hear. Like, man, I don't know what's going on, man. You know, my wife, and you know, she doesn't, she doesn't want to give me head anymore. And I'm like, hey, bro, like, why are you telling me this? Like, yeah. I, I just know I can trust you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, bro, I will make your wife give me head if you keep this shit up. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, that's it's terrible. Um, obviously, with the movies, it's always you know somebody wants to have this hot take or they want to be the first to let the world know that such and such dies or right you know you know even with you know when the star star wars movies came out people were doing the same thing yeah it's, it's really just trash it says something about that person honestly right. i haven't figured out what that is yet mm-hmm. um like you said they're not trustworthy yeah um but it's just trash like just keep it to yourself. I don't. I don't. I really don't understand the concept of not telling. Not telling. You were telling me a story earlier about you know one of those uh, a guy that's pretty successful on YouTube and he, he had like some crazy wild oh, information and he just told you because he couldn't hold on to. He it. couldn't hold on to it. Like oh man, I had to tell you, man. Yeah, I couldn't. yeah. And I'm thinking like I try to ignore it. Like I just kind of blew it off. Like he just said that. Like whatever. And then he told me, like, nah, man, I'm just telling you this. I said, all right, man, all right, all right. He's like, I just had to tell somebody, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm like, yeah. well, dude, you, I mean, you just dropped this fucking bomb on me that I just, you really disturbed me by telling me this. Yeah. And now I know it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm not the type to run back and tell people's business. So I was just really like, now it made me look at this person in a different light. You, you know what? Like, part of uh, this conversation, if we if we do think about how information leaks out about different entertainment and different movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, it makes the presentation that much better if information doesn't leak. Right, exactly. That, like, Marvel was going the lengths of, like, hiding portions of the script from certain actors to, there you go. to ensure that the movie is presented in the manner that they want to. Yeah, keep the integrity of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Or even, like, stuff with Beyonce. Like, you know, she she releases stuff on her own timing. So if information or pictures or whatever gets leaked, like she may well like fire somebody on her team for right, you know, doing that. So right, yeah, you got to leave the the surprise element. You got to leave some things a mystery. Yeah, they're better that way. Mm -hmm. Like even as a man, I feel like I don't need to disclose everything I do to everyone because I, I mean, my thing is you have to get to know me to know who I am. You know, the podcast is definitely as a. Is a is a pretty good representation of who I am in everyday life. I would say it's fairly accurate. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the other shit that you don't know, you're not gonna fucking know. Yeah, you know, because I keep that shit to myself. Some people can't even keep their own business to themselves. Yeah, they'll be on the. They'll man, I've seen some crazy shit on Facebook. Like, I want everybody to pray for me. I've been really just like sleeping around a lot, and I just don't feel good. I just want you to pray for me. I'm like, don't feel good. What you got? STD? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, man. dude. It's like you. There's certain things that are better in than out. Yeah, I think you should practice that. Not you, but you know, just people in general. What? I'm not talking about you. I'm <laughs> <just> talking about <laughs> <people that> are, <laughs> like just practice. You know, keeping stuff to yourself. 
you know, and, you know, just let the a certain stuff that I do think you need to get out because, you know, holding on to certain information could probably cause you some sort of anxiety or whatever. But for the most part, even if even if it's to the point to where you need to tell it to somebody. Right. Um, but keep it in a in a certain realm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Don't be telling Facebook. Or exactly. know, tell your best friend or tell, you know, tell your siblings or something like that. Can, tell your parents. Exactly. Can you imagine what life would be like if you knew who was going to say things after, like, you told them? Or, like, if there was a certain event happening, like, if you knew that this person was going to say something, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine you're having sex with some chick, right? And she's like, oh, my God, this is so good. I'm going to tell all my friends. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, here we go. That might be a good thing, though. You, know, you never know. All right. If you're like, tell Ashley. <laughs> I really want to hit Ashley. You, their ugly friend. But I'm <laughs> trying to hit you in order for you to tell her. To, yeah. <laughs> tell Ashley about this. Huh? <laughs> tell Ashley about this. Huh? <laughs> no, funny, man. Man. I don't want to wear that out, man. The little, the little, the <laughs> clapping noise. You already branded it, man. Yeah, it's branded, it's man. I should come out with t-shirts with just the little, the little <laughs> emojis with the clapping hands. <laughs> Everybody will know what that means. That should be like a brand in itself. Yeah. Just put like a trucker's mind and then put like the clapping hands behind it. Like everybody's gonna know what that means. <laughs> But I don't want to get that to get in the wrong hands because yeah. it'd be like a little kid like, Mom, look. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Billy, stop doing that. I'm sure he's heard his parents in there getting it in. All, all five seconds of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad come out there like he done tore that shit up. It's like, woo. Oh, God. Don't go in there. Your mom needs to lay down, okay? <laughs> mom, come right out the bed. You want something to eat? <laughs> Parents is terrible with that, man. Like that whole hiding the whole like, you know, them just having sex. Oh, it'd be, God. It'd be super awkward. Yeah. You you'd be need- looking back. Like as a kid, you just kind of oblivious to it. But looking back at it, you'd be like, dang, that's strange. Like it was broad daylight. Mom went in there with, you know, her work uniform on and came out with a bathrobe on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's horrible, man. Yeah, you definitely don't. I think what's more horrifying than than ever walking on your parents and knowing about that is walking in on someone while they're on the toilet. Yeah. And it's like you have that awkward moment where you almost have eye contact and they got this look at you like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're in here. It's like, motherfucker, if you would have locked the goddamn door, I wouldn't be in here while you're taking a shit. Yeah. I done seen my brothers on the toilet so many times. And they'd be like, <laughs> they got this look of confusion and like, what's going on? I think the worst thing is if somebody's on the toilet, that's bad. But the worst part is I don't want to get you while you're in the process of wiping your ass. <laughs> That'd be horrible. Like, can you imagine somebody wiping and you be like, you open the door and they're like, hey, hey. <laughs> that's funny, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, I don't know how we got on that. <laughs> it's the the secrets thing. Yeah, yeah, man. Just just be careful who you tell shit to, because at the end of the day, it's gonna resurface, and it may not re. And if it does resurface, even if it's a good or bad light, in a good or bad way, you just don't want your information just being out to yeah. the world. That's just yeah. You could tell me pretty much anything. I'm not the person that exactly out there all willy nilly telling everybody. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Stop trying to be cool. 
Okay. At the age of 34, Keith's at 27, almost, you know, reaching his 30 soon. Um, <laughs> we see too many people that are just trying their hardest to be cool. Like, they yeah. can't even, you know, women, you can't step out the house without your eyebrows done up and your, and your clothes all right all the time. And the guys, you can't step out without a pair of Jordans. It's like, dude, it's not about that, man. We're adults. Yeah. I, I mean, when you're trying too hard to be cool, it's like... You are living in a world where you are constantly trying to uh, build this perception of yourself and yeah. be accepted by people. It's like, when are you going to learn that there is no there is no value in being cool? Yeah, it's very. Uh, what did uh, Childish Gambino say? Being cool is very cool fleeting. Is fleeting. Yeah, cool is fleeting. Mm-hmm. I think that as far as addressing thing, like how people address, um, I do think that. Dang, it's all kind of buzzing here. Yeah, oh, thank no. you. It's uh sorry 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 y'all, but um <laughs> it's, it's a um for for me I've been diving into more research about brands and how you know presentation and stuff like that. So for even if you look at a guy like Nipsey Hussle, he always had his braids put right. together. He always had his beard trimmed and stuff like that. So I think the the presentation of it can can sort of go into your brand, but um. Like outside of that, like there's a portion of that of people just trying to be cool. But like outside of that, like people at concerts or people at sporting events and stuff like that. Like, you know, you could be in a concert and artists be like, hey, everybody wave your hands. And you just kind of stand in there like with a stone face. Like you don't like to the point to where you're not even enjoying yourself because you want to be cool or you don't want to be the guy that's like too excited and, you know, whatever event or, you know, um, you know, you see it a lot at school where. Some kids want to be so cool that they act stupid. Right. Like when Tree was on here, he talked about how there's a kid in the class that gets all the answers right, but he'll get his paper back and be like, oh, man, failed again. Huh? (laughs) Right. He got a whole A on his paper and he acting like he, you know, he didn't. Yeah. So this is one of, like you said, it's, it's cool. It's, it's only relative and it's subjective. I think that those people, if, if they learn to just be okay with themselves exactly, and be secure within themselves, they'll realize that none of that really matters in a cool world. And it's all, it's a moving target. Like a guy like Childish Gambino was made fun of in high school yeah, and junior high and stuff. Yep. And now he's performing at Coachella. Exactly. So, it's, it's, it's yeah. That whole, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, man. And he's, he's not much different. He's older. He has a beard now. But other than that, you know, he's still probably the same nerdy artistic guy. But now that's cool, you know. <clears throat> so. Yeah. The whole the thing about it is like being smart and the, the nerd and all that shit. Like that shit was frowned upon when I was a kid. But it's funny how people are gravitating to that whole movement where like move, shows like The Big Bang Theory and um, uh, Game of Thrones. Like nobody like a lot of people wouldn't be watching Game of Thrones like that. It took a long time for everyone to warm up to it. I was watching this shit back in 2014, 2013, mm-hmm. right in there. Mm-hmm. And I loved that show back then. I would tell people about it. What's Game of Thrones? What is that? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, it's a show about this. And then I'd say it's dragons and whatnot. And they'd be like, oh, that's some nerd shit. I don't know why it's that. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, look at everybody. Everybody's talking about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That's just how people are, man. Even comic books. Yeah, comic, think yes. about, you know, all the kids that imagine all the little kids that got picked on for reading comic books at lunchtime and, you know, sitting in class. 
uh, <clears throat> reading, you know, Spider-Man, the latest, you know, Captain America comic book. Right. Now, Endgame comes out and it's the biggest movie ever. Exactly. It's just like, you know. Yeah. It's just crazy, man. You know, that's, so that's, the point is like, cool, cool is, you know, there's no, it's not really a real thing. Like, no. just be yourself, you know, um, learn to be comfortable with yourself, be secure with yourself. And that's always going to win in the end. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, yeah. You have to learn how to really be yourself. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. So the cool shit takes over. Like you yeah. see guys that they got two sleeve tattoos on their arms and yeah, motherfucking drive a truck that's lifted to to all the way to the sky and mm-hmm. they you know driving around with their windows down, looking out, trying to get attention. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen that a lot of that at, at clubs, like at nightclubs. And they walk up to these chicks and they're like, "Hey, what's up? I want to buy drinks for you and all your friends. So what's up?" Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like you trying to prove yourself. You're trying to be this cool guy and women they know what you're about, dude. Mm-hmm. Like it, as soon as you do that. Mm-hmm. Like with me, the the way that I say I would approach a woman, it will be extremely genuine and very organic. Like I'm I I it's hard for me to walk up to women and just just start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because for one, like what makes you different than every other guy that that initiates a conversation with a woman? Yeah. Like if you see something stupid like, "Oh my god, look at that guy." Yeah. What's, what's his deal? What's wrong with yeah. that guy's eyes? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and the girl starts laughing, and then you say something else, she's laughing again. I'll be like, hey, hey, my name's Eddie. What's your name? Yeah. Oh, Natalie. Like, oh, so how long you been sitting here? Oh, about a... And then they're more inclined to have this conversation because you're yourself. Yeah. Rather 24 than, hours later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tw- oh, 24 hours oh. later. Hidden, <laughs> hit, hidden from the back. <laughs> Pussy juice everywhere. <laughs> 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 oh man but i mean the cool guy usually the, the cool guy i'm not saying that that guy doesn't get laid i'm sure he does probably i bet you the cool guy that's cool that buys all the girls drinks and stuff mm-hmm. he probably gets laid more than me i get i bet you but at the end of the day the type of women he's gonna get is gonna be way less quality than me yeah because i can get a higher quality woman by being myself yeah but the guy that's really cool he's just gonna get chicks that got stds that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah just i i, I would challenge everyone to go back in high school look at the you know the most popular person or you know the the uh the prom king or the winner of best dressed or whatever whatever i won best dressed in junior high shout out to our current middle school but um that's wow a shameless, really it's a shameless plug but yeah but just look at whatever look at your, dude. <laughs> look at your yearbook <laughs> and and uh, look at look at the people that are in there most prominently, and just look them up on Facebook now. See where they're at. See if they've gained you know fifty pounds. See if they've you know they got like twenty kids now, and you know they're just struggling through life. Um, yeah, but they were once cool, you know. Right, they were once cool. I, I was. I've been told some stories, and it's not to like you know frown down on anyone, but it's like the coolest motherfuckers later on. You know, you go to their page. You know, fifteen years after high school. And it'd be like a GoFundMe for them, and it don't be for nothing significant. It'd be like, <laughs> donate to my cause. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong. I'm just tired. You'd be like, yeah. nigga, I'm not donating to that. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, all that time you spent trying to be cool, you could have been reading a book. Yeah, you got a GoFundMe like, hey, I need some blunts and some weed, and you know, you got to help me out. <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah. Cool is fleeting, man. Yeah, be yourself. 
Focus more on being yourself. And if you don't know what being yourself is, look at the people around you and, and ask yourself, are they being themselves? And more than likely, the answer, if the answer is no, mm-hmm. then you're not being yourself either because you, that allowed you to be around those people. Yeah. If you're being true to yourself, then the crowds you are with will also be, uh, there'll be a correlation to that as well. Yeah. It's basically that same person you are in private when you're sitting in your room by yourself. Um, you know, whatever sources of entertainment you like. Right. If you like that Game of Thrones medieval stuff. If you like right. playing Dungeons and Dragons. If you like playing Pokemon, you know, be that outside of your house too. Don't right. Try to hide those little details that make you who you are. Right. Exactly. Yeah, don't don't be afraid to be vulnerable either. Because being vulnerable is also being yourself. Yeah. You know, certain things. I've said some things on this podcast that people probably will be afraid to say um, in general. Like, yeah. you know, as a man, like I've said, you know, I've cried. You know, I've yeah. had my feelings hurt. And then then I bet you some dudes like, man, this dude's a, he's a pussy, bro. Yeah. This dude is a punk. Yeah. And it's like you can't admit that you've never had your feelings hurt. You've yeah. never cried before. You're too cool to admit that, right? Okay. Yeah. Go but ahead. Good also, luck. Also, I wanted to, there's, maybe I can make this correlation through me talking out loud. But so we had, um, if you guys, if any of you guys have been, uh, like, basically listened to every episode, on the Childish Gambino Christmas episode, we talked about going to the concert and then that, that there were two dancers there from Bakersfield. Um, one of them was Trinity Penn and then the other one was Desmond Penn. Desmond Penn is uh, Trinity Penn's older older brother. So what I didn't realize is that um, the guy Desmond had been coming to our school for like two months now teaching kids how to dance. And I just never made the connection until I actually like talked to him. I was like, uh, I seen him walking out and then through Instagram, they were posting that there was some sort of uh, dance class with the girl Trinity. And when I seen the, the, the name of the company, the name of the company is Pinpoint. So when I seen him and I made the connection that the company Pinpoint actually comes to our school, I actually went up and talked to him. And he was like, yeah, that's my little sister. And I was like, oh, snap, you're Desmond Penn. And, and then we got to talking about, you know, uh, Coachella. I was like, yeah, man, I went to I went to your 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 concert at the forum and I seen you dance and stuff. And he was like, yeah, man, that's cool. He was like, you know, basically talking about how he grew an appreciation for Childish Gambino after all that. But but basically, when when he was teaching the kids how to dance at our school, mm-hmm. he was like, um, he was like, some of this like you can't really. He's basically telling the kids you can't be cool and dance because if you're trying to be cool and dancing, it's going to come off like you don't have enough energy. He's like, mm. you almost have to like be in exaggerated form of yourself, and then from the people looking from the audience, it will look okay. It'll look great yeah. on camera. It'll look great to the people in the audience. Be who you are when you're by yourself at home. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when you're, when you're, when you're dancing, and you, like, imagine, like, um, somebody, like, in a club two-stepping versus, like, somebody like Chris Brown who can get on stage and he's doing flips and stuff and he's yeah. not really caring about what people think. Imagine how, like, how much cooler that looks compared to, like, the guy that's, too cool to you know kind of really shake a tail feather i guess um so that's just the idea you know what i mean like the this this idea of cool is not real like just no essentially like being yourself and dancing out and you know you know digging deep down and you know really showing you know passion for whatever you're doing um is always going to look 
it's always going to be a better presentation than you know, I guarantee you that being being yourself and being original and being true to who you are will be congratulated more times than you trying to be cool because by be, trying to be cool you're trying to fit into the same pocket of people that walk around and do the same shit. Yeah. I'd rather be the guy that's doing his own thing. You know how many friends I know personally that have a podcast? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know any. Well, there's some people that I do know of that have one, but I don't know them. Know them? Yeah. But not very many people do. Yeah. And I, when I tell people that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I co-produce a podcast, or whatever, and they're like, "What's that?" Some yeah. people still don't know what a podcast was. Yeah. Like yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. true story, man. Me and this chick were having a little good time, and then we finished, and then <laughs> I, was, I was talking about the podcast, and she was like, "What is that?" So it's like radio, right? And I was like. I guess you could say it's like radio, but you know it's done. Production's done for my for my house, and we do it there. She's like, yeah. "Oh wow, yeah!" Like she didn't really give a fuck about the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. She didn't really give a fuck about it. <laughs> <laughs> we could, but you know, can't win everybody over. Man. Yeah, you can't win. Every, you can't. Didn't I didn't make a fan out of her? <laughs> She's a fan of the dick. That's about it. <laughs> dick and hips. Dick and hips. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. Moving on. The Coachella herpes outbreak. I don't know if anybody heard about the initial story um, about like 250 cases of herpes being um, reported per day. Or, well, no, 250 per every two days uh, uh, of herpes being reported. I don't know who exactly made that claim, but it made it seem like there was a legit outbreak. Okay. Afterwards, they uh, came out with a new story. And it basically said that it was being exaggerated. Like, those numbers were being exaggerated. Yeah. I guess, essentially, the numbers the numbers weren't fake. It was just that the the way they were shaping the numbers Got wasn't... Uh, they just threw Coachella in there. They knew Coachella is a big event. Mm. They probably threw that in the headline and threw a, a huge number and then herpes in the headline. So it's like, oh, snap, that's going to go viral. Um, but I guess <clears throat> what they were saying, if you, if you kind of read into the articles... Is that it was like surrounding areas, so, right? Um, I believe like San Bernardino and Indio and all these surrounding areas. Yeah, there there's an app, and I believe it's called Herp Alert. Um, and I might be wrong, so I'm just kind of I'm just shooting right now. But um, there was an app, and then I guess people can send photos in and stuff or something like that. And because it was on the weekend of Coachella, they kind of connected the two. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the people at Coachella was doing these things. Yeah. It was just the surrounding areas. And whoever got wind of this information, they um they kind of made this article. But what they what they came to find out was the people that actually worked in these clinics and stuff said there was no significant spike in anything. Like there oh, weren't wow. more people showing up to the clinics, there weren't more people, you know, um getting or coming in and getting checked or anything. Um, I guess it just so happened that, you know, this this app, you know, leaked this information or something. Well, all I know is this. This is what I took from it. Ladies and gentlemen, check each other out, right? When you're about to go down on somebody, make sure the light is on, okay? And then make sure they're, you know, they're clean. You don't see no bumps or any unidentified-looking uh, skin patches down there. And, uh, yeah. And then you could get you get to work. But <laughs> what's crazy, man, is regardless of what these numbers are on this shit, I just think that, like, herpes is basically, it's like a skin disease, I guess. Yeah. Or like a skin, whatever the fuck it is. 
Mm-hmm. They don't have a cure for it. I think whoever somebody created this shit. I think they created it for people who are like promiscuous. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. People passing around diseases. Mm-hmm. You know, because they should. I mean, it's a skin disease. You you should have a cure for something like this, uh-huh. but they don't. Yeah. So there's people running around here with full on outbreaks. Mm-hmm. This is like a fucking zombie. Like this is like the zombie attack, except it's coming from pussy. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god, like that. That's probably be. I don't say my biggest fear because it's just weird. The type of women that I deal with, like mm-hmm. just in general, I don't like dealing with loose women that are just, that just, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. So at this age, I don't, I don't chase hoes. So if I'm dealing with a chick, it's just different. And I don't know. It just, I seem like I'm, I'm kind of putting a stigma on it, which is not right because anybody could get it. Yeah. But goddamn, I just think that. I feel like people that are more inclined to getting it may be out there, like really out there. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. I mean, the more you have sex, the more you know you're increasing your chances of contracting something like that. Yeah. But then again, it only takes one time. True. And they the and the statistics show that it's you know a very high percentage of people have it. So you know, no one matter in, was it one in four. Yeah, or one in three or some, something crazy like that. And a lot of people don't actually, um, they don't show. Like, it's uh, dormant. What? Yeah. I know I know a girl that actually caught it. She was, like, freaking out. Oh, my God. Yeah. But she lives a normal life. She has a boyfriend and everything. Wow. Yeah. He be eating that herpes, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, baby, that herpes tastes good. Yeah. It's a little salty, but I like it. Yeah, I like that carne asada. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> like, babe, slow down. I'm going to have an outbreak. I don't want you to get it. I don't want you to get it. I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know people are grossed out here in that shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Charlemagne is doing that thing where he's trying to break the stigma. Of, Break the stigma of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that because of how it is, I think that it's, I don't know. Yeah. I think it, it, it I, there is a stigma on it just because it's it's considered an STD. But I think that, more than anything, it just looks gross. Yeah. So that you can't really, of course, you know, with more information, we realize it's just, you know, uh, an ugly skin uh, mutation, I guess, but it just looks gross. So, you know, you can't really get rid of that. Suppose, suppose they said that people could pass it only if they had an outbreak, but I don't know if that's true. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think you can pass it when it's when it's dormant. Oh my god, yeah, that's crazy. You think so you about got to wrap it up, man. Yeah, but the condoms don't stop herpes. You could get that shit still with a condom. You can, but. Most of the time, it's on, like, your actual genitals. It's not, like, on the surrounding areas. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's in the pussy, not on it? Sometimes. That generally. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn, y'all out here with the herpes pussy, man. God damn. <laughs> That's why I like to see. I, I, this is a little bit TMI, but I like women that kind of keep it real trim down there. Uh-huh. So I can see what's going on. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, we're good. All right, let me get yeah. my let me get my knife and fork real quick. <laughs> Eat this pussy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My face. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's a you know, it's a it's a one of those things. Maybe we can have a uh 
a, a doctor on one day. I know that'd be that'd be awesome to have a doctor, and he would mm-hmm. totally make us feel like peons. Yeah, he'd be like, "Okay, well, basically, what I learned is the the medical term for this." You know? <laughs> for every joke I would have about like a, a bumpy pussy or some shit, the doctor'd be like, "Well, the correct terminology is colonus coronatus." <laughs> right, let's get this fucking doctor off of here. He's making too much sense, man. You got to get him out of here. <laughs> that was funny. You got no time for this crap. Doctor Oz on here. Yeah, Doctor Oz. Dr. Oz seemed like he was, Dr. Oz, I don't know, something's up with that guy. I don't want to talk bad about him, but mm-hmm. something ain't right. I like how all these all these people have these rebrands. And I don't know if Dr. Oz is a part of this, but, you know, they'll go on a show and they'll put a doctor on their name or something, and they really majored in, like, communications. Right. College. Nigga, you ain't no doctor. Get out of you here. You got fucking doctor, everybody. You got <laughs> Dr. Pepper on that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tyrone. <laughs> Everybody, welcome Dr. Tyrone. Imagine if you question his integrity and you, you're like, hey, so where'd you get your degree from? And like, I don't think that's important, but I'm basically, no, I think it is important. Are you really a doctor? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm a doctor. I got my uh, PhD, and uh, I'm like, man, you're full of shit. You know, right. you went to uh, ICDC. Yeah, like in. Dr. Seuss has more credibility than this guy. <laughs> I will eat. What's the uh, uh, the fucking green eggs and ham? I will not eat green eggs here or there. I will not eat it anywhere. Yeah. But the kids' version, like the updated version with the herpes in it, it'd be like, I will not eat pussy here or there. <laughs> I will not eat pussy at Coachella. I will not what eat pussy. Do- what if Dr. Seuss, obviously he's dead, but what if he had like these black books to where like he did like he did those uh iterations to save us from getting STDs. I don't know how that would I don't know how that would work. You were just saying you were just going over like the herpes. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not will not in a box. I will not will not with the fox. I will not will not here or there. I will not eat it anywhere. I will not eat your pussy, Alyssa. <laughs> I will not will not with that cock. I will not with that on the box. I will what I will 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 wear a condom. I will 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 Dennis Robin. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack jump over the candlestick and burn his dick. <laughs> Float like a butterfly, sting like gonorrhea. Uh, God dang. That's terrible, man. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, disciplining your kids on social media. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't know if it's so, this social media. I did social media, but you'll see a video of a dude and like his son will be doing something bad in school and then he'll cut his son's hair off and then make his son run laps around a track. Meanwhile, he's got it all on Instagram Live. And, and what I question, I question the parents' credibility because when you're, when you are, um, when you are disciplining your child, I think that's a personal situation. I think it's between you and your child, not you and the fucking world. Mm-hmm. And I think you're trying to pat yourself on the back for being this good parent when you, when you're actually just a motherfucker just looking for attention. Yeah. Like when my dad had me, when I did something fucked up or something happened, he's like, "Look, we need to talk." We need to talk over here. We need to talk in the room when you're done. Or you need to come right now and we need to talk. But he wouldn't like yell at me in front of people and, you know, try to intimidate me or have a fucking audience and be talking shit. 
Like that's something he didn't do, and I do respect him for that. But it seems like nowadays, like I seen a video that really disturbed me, man. It was this. It was a short black woman. She was like five foot three or whatever, and her daughter did something. I don't know what it was, but she said, "Oh, you think you tough, huh?" And she walked up on her daughter with her fist balled up, and then the daughter like backed up, like she didn't want no smoke, she didn't want to fight, and then she slapped the shit out of her daughter in the face, like, "Bitch, let's go, let's go. You think you tough? Let's go." Then she slapped her again, and the girl was like holding her face. And then she was, like, all in her face yelling. I'm just like, dude, this is not parenting. This is child abuse. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not cool, man. You should not, you should not. first of all, be hitting and beating your kids. Mm-hmm. And so I know some of you have kids. You're thinking, like, well, you don't have kids. You don't know what it's like. Well, I was a kid. My dad didn't hardly give me any whoopings. I turned out to be a pretty good guy. Mm-hmm. I know that's a self-endorsement, but, hey, I ain't bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, yeah, um, the whole hating your kids thing i don't know there's statistics to show you mm-hmm. know whether it's right or wrong um you know i don't know i feel like sometimes you can shape statistics to you know look a certain way normally and you know i don't really have a real i haven't done any research on you know whoopings or not whoopings but as far as the the presentation of like disciplining your kids on social media yeah that's terrible like part of the thing um that they teach us you know at my job is that you shouldn't uh you shouldn't embarrass kids or you no. shouldn't try to like show off in front of other people by you know by disciplining other other kids you know the doing this thing those things in private is more effective definitely because they're actually listening they're not they're they're not worrying about there's no audience yeah 20 other people looking at them or whatever that so that message that message can really sit in with them and um you know that's just a, a, a way even if you know that's her kid but you know if, if i do something like that at work those people are because they do have an audience they're more willing to react a certain exactly. way to be like to be cool to right not, you know because you don't want to get shown off by uh you know a teacher or you know an activity leader or whatever you want to be you want you still want to be cool in, in the in the eyes of your peers. <clears throat> so, you know, you're probably gonna combat that energy, that same, you know, that same aggressive energy with your with your own aggressive energy. And it's just gonna be two people clashing. Yeah. I I think the, the biggest the most fucked up thing about disciplining your children in front of a bunch of people, especially on social media, is that you're not always gonna be able to intimidate your child. They're gonna get older and bigger and stronger than you, and they're gonna remember all the times you slapped them in the face. All the times you humiliated them in front of their friends and family. And they're going to fuck you up. You're going to deserve it, too. Mm-hmm. Because as a man, especially if I have a son, um, if I ever have kids, which I don't think that day is happening. Um, <laughs> but if I do, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I, if I do have to whoop my son, then he will know why I did it. I will fully explain why I did that. He will be accountable for what he did. Um, and we'll have a conversation, but I'm but I'm gonna hold whoopings as a last resort because in life there's not always gonna be somebody bigger and stronger to whoop your ass. You have to be disciplined enough, like you have to have enough self discipline to turn your own life around. Yeah, I think it's incredibly unrealistic when you keep whooping kids for no fucking reason because after a while you're just whooping them for being a kid. Yeah, and it's it's completely ignorant. I see in. We really got to tighten it up, too, especially in the black community. I could say that, you know, as a black man, that 
Mm-hmm. You know, I see a lot of people like, you need to whoop your kids all the time. You need to, you need to beat your kids. I'm thinking like you're using the word beat and saying it like it's a good thing. Yeah. Like, no, you should not be beating your fucking kids. Yeah. You know, they, it's just it's ridiculous. It's yeah. Too, it's too much. Yeah. I think that they're, like you said, as a last resort type of thing. Exactly. There, there, I think there's a lot of instances where, you know, a conversation would be much more effective. Exactly. Um, there's, um, because that, that there's like just the, the, the pain of it doesn't necessarily do anything. Like after that pain is gone, you're still left with that. And then also there's the thing where like, um, children end up fearing their, fearing their parents. Yeah. And I feel like, um, parents do that to avoid conversations. Right. So if your, your child is messing up in school and. He's getting bad grades or he didn't, you know, he forgot to take the trash out or just any little thing. Instead of sitting down and uh, relaying to that person or that child how important it is for them to be doing a specific thing, you try to beat it out of them. Yes. And it just shows a lack of, you know, communication skills more than anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Just cut the shit out, man. Yeah. And, And those things like. Like you said, even even back in, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but those people that be like, hey, oh, you want to add grown? You want to add grown? So I'm yeah. going to give you the George Jefferson haircut. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. And it's like you put it all out there. You're not a good parent when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And I see so many people that forget that this is on social media. Mm-hmm. Like this is on social. You have your child on display. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, world, I know this has been shared Seven uh, fucking 15,000 shares of my son, my son, mm-hmm. that I'm making look stupid. When yeah. you're, If your son was to do something wrong in school or whatever, you hold him accountable. But you can never take that video off the internet, you dumb fuck. Yeah. I, it really annoys me when people do this shit to their fucking kids. Mm-hmm. And, and then I get backlash like, you don't have kids. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm thinking like, I don't have kids, but you shouldn't have them, you piece of shit. Yeah. You really got your kid out here looking like a complete dick. And just because you have kids, that doesn't make you a good parent. Thank you. Just because you have kids does not make you automatically a good parent. You might be a fuck up. Okay. There's a lot of kids out here raising themselves pretty much. Yes, exactly. Kids are and you're providing a roof over their head. That's it. You know, some new school clothes. You're providing the financial things and nothing else. Yeah. I know some parents that are rich that are fucking awful parents. I know some parents who are poor who are awful fucking parents. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter what your class is. Mm -hmm. What matters is is what your impact is. Your impact to me is minimal when you purposely embarrass your kid or you neglect them. Either one is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm not going. I'm not going to teach a seminar. I think also you have to remove that 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 anger aspect to it. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have to. Sometimes I'll be watching my niece. She be getting on my nerves. But then I have to realize she's just <laughs> like she's this little girl. Exactly. Yeah. I ain't gonna front. I'd be whooping her because she'd be like, she. It's you can't really communicate with someone that doesn't speak English that well. Right. You know what I mean? So sometimes that's like a last resort. But, um, yeah, shout out to her. How are you going to shout her out after you whoop her, <laughs> she be, she be cool, though. Like, she'll get whooped in there. If you like, learned anything from this, Keith is a hypocrite, okay? I Man, never said I He's was over here to whooping whoopers. kids. Yeah. Talking about saying. not to whoop kids. Hey, they need some Call whoopers. the police on Keith if you see him, okay? 
<laughs> Daddy gonna be doing a podcast solo. What if we start doing? We start doing a pot like how uh, X Rated used to do the uh, albums from the uh, from the jail. Oh, from the prison. From prison, yeah. Oh, X Rated do podcast from the, from the prison. It'd it be sounding all like real like prison. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, yo! I'm locked up. Did you pin your Because you know how the fucking prison phone sound all raspy yeah. and shit. Yeah, you have a collect call from X Rated. <laughs> we did a podcast in like five minute increments yeah it'd be like it'd be like your time is about to run out but yeah man you know like i said man you know i'm getting these bitches you know <laughs> like ain't you locked up <laughs> <laughs> niggas in the back like hey hurry up cuz hey hurry up man i give you i gave you licorice man i gave you a couple <laughs> uh jelly beans to get on the phone man that nigga fleece johnson in the back a man's butt is what I crave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me get in that butt, boy. All right, man. Move on. Let's move on. Yeah. The power of content. People don't realize the power of content. What I mean by content is any content, podcasts, music, you know, uh, anything that really can be consumed by the ears or the eyes. Um, I was just yesterday, I was uh, coming from San Jose. I was at work and... I was listening to Nipsey Hussle. I was listening to a little bit of Tupac. And uh, I even listened to Mac Miller. All three of these artists are deceased. And the powerful thing about it is I'm jamming out to the music. And I was thinking, like, wow, I can't believe Like, I'm really listening to Tupac right now. Like, Tupac passed away, and I could still hear his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, Nipsey just passed, and I could still hear his voice. I could still feel the energy of the music. I could still, like, vibe out to this. This is timeless content, you know. And th- that's how powerful this shit is. Like when me and Keith are long gone, you know, it'll be people going back, listening to this podcast like, oh, man, these guys are crazy. These guys are pretty interesting or they were pretty cool or they're pretty funny. And it's like that could be 120 years from now. That's how powerful content is. So think about mm -hmm. it. They still use Beethoven's music in musicals and movies and stuff. He created that. I don't even know what year it was. It was a long time ago. Yes. Which one was Beethoven? Dun 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 dun. That yeah. Him? Yeah. They did it. They did a remake of it. Uh, oh, yeah. You don't remember that? Uh, no. Fuck it, Keith. Yeah. God damn it. This Eddie just beatboxing on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we gotta disconnect because you know Keith Keith is a pretty worldly person, but he's also only twenty seven. So it's like there's certain shit that we both know, and then certain stuff he doesn't. Yeah, I've heard that song before though. How the fuck you heard it? You didn't know what I was talking about right now. But it, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call it a remake though. It's just kind of like inspired by, and but that's a real song though. It's yes, just like it an is. old R and B song. They uh, just use they probably use the same notes and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 but they've fucking remade this shit many times though. They relooped that shit a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but no, um content is a very powerful thing. And mm-hmm. I think that that's why I take pride in doing this every week. And regardless of what goes on, we we do our best to not only not make mistakes but come out here and do it because we realize that not only are we creating content for people who enjoy what we the type of content we make, but also that we know that we're building a legacy. Yeah. You know, and we don't know where we'll be in the next four or five years. We may, you know, you may see us on a fucking television show with your favorite actors. 
mm-hmm. you know, and you could go back to these podcasts and be like, man, these guys have been, I've been listening to them. I listened to them seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I listened to them when they were fucking doing podcasts from Eddie's apartment, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a lot deeper than just a podcast or music. It's mm-hmm. extremely personal and it's timeless shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, especially now with the, with the power of the internet. Exactly. Anything you put out, um, unless somehow it you know gets deleted for whatever reason, but anything you put out is going to be able to live for forever. You know what I mean? Our first podcast, people still go back and listen to it. Yes, be like oh dang, this is crazy. Like I can see how you guys have gotten better now, but right, you know that was still like I could see the potential in there. You know stuff like that. So it's just one of them things. Like I would uh, challenge anyone out there that has any sort of content that they want to do to to throw it out into the world. You never right. know you never know what will happen. You never know what eyes you'll catch. You never know who's who's out there listening to you. As long as you're passionate about it, as long as you you know that the the monetary part of it won't come for years, right. you know, years down the line. You know, if you're passionate about it and you're and you're good at it and you you work hard at it, then Everything will work itself out. Right. Don't be afraid. Put yeah. that sex tape out, man. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need a director, I'll let you, boy. <laughs> Dang, you know, I wonder how many of these chicks got. I know a lot of these chicks got to have sex tapes out here, man. Yeah. Sometimes I could just tell, like, she looked like the type to have a sex tape. Yeah. And, and if that. they don't have one yet, I'm sure they were willing to do it if somebody just asked them. They were like, yeah, why not? I'm yeah. drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Give me my tape, please. Don't put that on the internet. I think that they... they, (laughs) A lot of people make decisions because they're not... Well, I think... I don't want to be, like, famous, but I do feel like that the content that I put out will probably lead to some sort of fame. Right. And a lot of people maneuver in a way that they don't assume that they will ever be famous. Mm. So... Great point. One thing that I, you know, stuff like that, like you can't, if you really think that you're going to be famous, unless you just don't care about anything, um, then you might, you know, you might make a sex tape or something like that. Me and you have talked about this. Yeah. We talked about this. I think yeah. you, you have to be very aware of what you're, not only what you're saying, but certain things and certain energy that you're putting out into the world. If you come off as a hater, and you know, even if, if you come off as a hater, you say things, something kind of hateful. Yeah. You might have to come back and apologize for it or yeah, or say, like, look, that was not my intention. Make it clear. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, fucking two years goes by, and then now you're friends with this guy that you fucking slandered two years ago. Exactly. Like, if, I, if there's certain people, I, I really won't get into it, but I would tell them, like, hey, now before I actually talk to him, I say, hey, I just wanted to take you off camera and say, look, this is what I said. I remember saying this two years ago. You know, it wasn't the the it wasn't in best in the best taste, but I said this. Yeah. You know, and I was you know if if this is offensive to you in any way, I understand. You yeah. know, you know my views have changed since then, but this is what I said. If you could tell the artist or somebody that, they probably would have more respect for you for telling them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to smile in your face, and I said some shit. Yeah. Like three, I don't care if it was five years ago. Yeah. Because then when it comes back, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, Eddie's a backstabber. I knew it. Yeah. That's yeah. real. I, I see artists out here. It happens mostly on Twitter because that's the platform where people can 
you know, post things quickly and freely. Right. Like quick thoughts and stuff. But they 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 judge a lot of other people's art. Yeah. Especially like famous people. And they make art themselves. Right. So it's like I I personally wouldn't want to be that guy no. that's constantly saying this is bad or this is good. I, right. You know, all positive stuff is fine. You know, you right. can't go wrong with, you know, pouring out positivity. Yeah. But if you're if you're bashing DC movies, if you're bashing right. the latest album, if you're bashing Schoolboy Q's album or, yeah. you know, uh, J. Cole's album, Calling Them Boring, or whatever the case may be, and you're making art yourself, it, it you know, a lot of, you know, sometimes you, you see those old tweets from certain artists. Yep. And they come up and, you know, something negative. But a lot of times those people that are posting those things never get famous. Yes. And it's part of like that. It's part of it is that that energy that you're putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. If you if you're constantly pouring out that negativity, um, you know, that stuff is going to come back around. Yeah, also, your energy, your energy can change. You could go from being a just a, a nonsense. Just <clears throat> all you do is just malarkey in the world. And then you turn into this more of a positive guy. But now you got such a past of being a dickhead. That shit catches up. Yeah. So it, it, it also can change. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In my case, I would say the person I could remember, like, somewhat saying something, not slanderous, but uh, that 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 uh, diss tape that the game came out with, Kim Kardashian, and I mm-hmm. called him corny for doing that. Mm-hmm. If I was to have a conversation with the game, I would tell him, like, look, you know, uh, much love to you, but I, I said that you was corny on, mm-hmm. my, on, them, on my podcast. I said that you was corny for... Putting out that you know that diss track on Kim Kardashian, she's a mother and a, was a mother and a wife at the time, and I just felt it was corny. But I'm telling you that to your face because I don't want to be fake and you, mm-hmm. you know and act cool with you, and you find out I said that. Yeah. So I put that energy out into the world. So here's a podcast. That's a timestamp. Yeah. <laughs> but also, that's not really judging art, though. That's just Got judging a, a decision someone made. That's a good point. Yeah. That's but a good there point. are people out there. That, um, like, at least for me, I try, I see stuff around town that I don't particularly like, um, whether it's like a podcast or a music video or whatever, but, um, I don't really judge the content as good or bad. Right. Right. I find things where most of the time I don't honestly don't look at the stuff, Mm -hmm. but when I do, I just see like technical issues that I'd be like, hey, man, like, did you see, like, this looks kind of weird. I don't yeah, know why yeah. they chose to sh- do this shot or yeah. whatever. But I know some people that would be like, hey, dog, did you see that music video? That's trash. Like, yeah. like, and, like, that's part of, you know, there's a competitiveness to it, but at the same time, it's like everyone's in their own lane. Right. We they- don't really need to judge anyone. At, and no, none of us out here are great at anything. No. We're all working towards being, you know, competitive with you know the people that are you know an hour and a half south of us that are doing it on a bigger scale yeah but we're all just regular people trying to learn and most of the people in certain fields aren't really technically um educated in any of it they're all you know on youtube learning through youtube university which is not bad but it's Mm -hmm. like you know these people we're all starting at the same position. Like, just yeah. stop judging these people. Exactly. Now, one of the most recent, whether I don't know how many people know or really care, but uh, was the little the dude Lil, oh, Na- Davies, Lil huh? yeah, Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. Um, that that Mick that song he has, Old Town Road, just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I actually like the song. That's just my opinion. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, Davies came out and said that he didn't like the song. And I got big up, uh, you know, shout out to the Davies. Actually, his, his music is pretty legit. Um, but D- Davies yeah. is like, that old town rose shit is trash, shit is corny, whatever like that. He's like, what is he? And he made a mention about hip hop, like what? It, where is hip hop going? Where you know this is getting? Yeah, but you can't. I think that we're in. I think by his estimation, it was inaccurate because you can't listen to one record and say that hip hop is going that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it, and and another thing too, hip hop is the only like musical genre that doesn't have genres broken down within it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he made it. I mean. The Lil Nas X, he just made a good record. It's just a record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's blowing up. It's mm-hmm. really not his fault, you know, so I can't really, you know, speak too much on it. But it goes back to what you said. When you have a platform yourself, you really, you know, you really shouldn't be, like, speaking out on how bad something else is. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've never got on there and said, man, this podcast is trash. Like, I listen to him. It's trash. Yeah. And if and I've seen... And I could honestly say, like, you know, maybe I've heard a podcast is way more successful than ours. And I'm thinking, like, I think our content may match up with it, may be comparable to that, or maybe it's better. But that's only my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, they made it differently than we did. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something to, like, especially people that are bigger than you or more, more famous and more no, have more notoriety. That that tends to come off as hate. It does. You know, if you're a local musician and somebody's album drops, they go platinum, and you're like, "Man, this album is trash." Like, or you know, you're a local filmmaker, and the Marvel movie comes out, and you're like, "Man, this is terrible. This other movie is way better than this. I don't know why this is getting so much money." It just it it just sounds like hate, even if it yeah. may not be hate. Maybe it be it may be a legit reason where you can technically break it down to why. This is not a well written movie. Um, it just sounds like hate. There was an I was talking to this girl and she's she's a she publishes books. She publishes like science fiction books and stuff like that. And I did like a this little little small research, I guess you could say. Because yeah. I knew I knew that if she was a person that appreciates like the fine arts of yeah. literature, like she, you know, she the probably a lot of the books she reads are aren't the most like New York Times bestsellers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. they're you know really good books still. Um, so I was like, what do you think about the like the Fifty Shades of Grey series? You know, all the you know everyone in the world were, were all the nasty them. shit. Yeah, whenever they came out, fingers and, in the butt and shit. <laughs> yeah, all the nasty stuff. But um, <laughs> but of course she had nothing good to say about the books. She was like, you know, they're you know poor literature and. You know, it's just, you know, it's just a popular book that everybody decided to read that doesn't care about a good book or something like that. Oh, wow. And it's just like, it's at subjective. the end of the day, it's really just your opinion. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it doesn't mean, it doesn't really mean much. And also, she's a writer. And she yeah. has, like, she wrote, like, six books. None of them have been published yet. Wow. So, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be the person sitting at home, like, Yo, Joe Rogan's podcast is trash. Ours is way better. Or, you know, just criticizing somebody when I'm recording a podcast in Eddie's living room. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy. It just right. sounds crazy. Yeah, it does. But here's the thing. It's, it, it's somebody that's misinterpreting what we're trying to say. I don't think you should not have an opinion. I just think you have to learn to internalize those things. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you have a platform of your own. 
you got to be more focused. I think that Nip, that Nipsey Hussle did the best job of that of any artist. I yeah. think they asked him so many questions about other artists. So what do you think about this? What do you think? Of, like, how do you feel about what they do in the hip hop, man? And like, they taking hip hop the wrong way, man. So what do you what do you say got to say about that? And Nipsey would be like, I mean, like people could feel how they want to feel. I'm gonna just do my thing and worry about my team. Mm-hmm. And he never took the bait. I'm sure he felt a certain way about all of this shit. Yeah. But he just didn't make that public knowledge. Yeah. And for that, I definitely look up to him. And I told Keith about it. I was like, I, I said, check out this interview with Nip. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and I, uh, he was, they asked him something about his girl, about Lauren London. Mm-hmm. And then he, the way he responded, he was like, I mean, like, 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 um, um, like. And he took a long ass pause and he thought about it and then he spoke. Mm-hmm. So you got to think before you speak, for one, because I could fly off the handle and say some wild shit, but I'm but not that, doing but that. I don't even know if there's anything comparable to that to the average listener, though, because mm. the average listener is tweeting or right. Instagram and they're making a video. So there's not really that thought process. They just True. have to think before they do anything in general. True. Uh, My know. only point is if you plan on making any content and it going anywhere, you need to watch what the fuck you say. Yeah. If you if you putting out if you're putting out any content and even if you're not putting out content, if you have a business of any sorts, let's say you want to open up a bakery or you want to open up a some type of food business. Mm-hmm. But seven years ago, you was, you know, making gay uh, uh, anti-gay or racist tweets. Mm-hmm. That shit's going to resurface. You have to be you have to move differently. Yeah, that's just the bottom line. I also challenge people to. If you do have Twitter, you can do it more so than Facebook. Right. I don't know about Facebook, but Twitter, all you have to do is put your at name and then a colon and then a colon in any word. So like I deleted a bunch of stuff about different artists and stuff like that. So you just put your at name and then a colon and then, you know, whatever word you want to search. So I went back and deleted a bunch of bunch of stuff that I had said just because it was it was like a lot of it was like. I kind of felt that way, but at the same time, it was like I was just, I was just tweeting too much, like yeah. every single thing, things about Kim Kardashian, things about Kanye West, things about LeBron James, and this unnecessary Kendrick shit. Just a whole bunch of just nonsense that it doesn't even need to be out in the world. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Um, what is racism, and what's considered racist? Mm-hmm. I think that you know. And especially in this day and time, you get a lot of people like, you know, this is racist, this is discrimination, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we don't really have an answer. Like, we don't have, like, guide, not so much guidelines, but we don't have, like, indicators that show, like, that's definitely racist. Yeah. It's all more or less of opinion a lot of times. Yeah. Like, for example, I think it was, like, the whole Starbucks thing with those the black guys that were in the in the store. And I guess they, the police came or whatever it happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like a big uproar. And I don't really know the whole story of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not quick to say something is racist until I know what's going on. Because I know that racism is, is, you know, obviously real and it happens all over the America. Yeah. But I just, I just hate the fact that we don't really have, like, we don't have this general idea of what is racist anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. That's my question. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where it's like a moving target, I guess. 
Um, but I just Googled the definition right here, and I guess it's kind of give us a, a jumping point for this conversation. But it says um, a noun, prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. So um, that's where, like, I guess a lot of, like, white supremacy is also always associated with uh, racism. Like people in the KKK is all always associated with, you know, racism. But it, it, like, like you said, it's, it's one of those things where we don't really know what it is. It, I guess it's, they, I guess it's a thing where like we know it when we see it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is kind of hard to define because it's a complex thing because you can be, you can be, you can show racism, um, if you're discriminating, right? And right. It could be something as simple as like not giving attention to a person standing in line. Right. You know, you could be standing in line. You got more than enough money to pay for an item or you just have a quick question or whatever. And they'll just bypass you and go to the, you know, the next person. Right. You know, how right are you going to prove that? Yeah. Like, how are you going to prove that that person is, is discriminating against you when, you know, you say that's racist. They just purposely didn't say nothing to me. Yeah. And and then you're going to look crazy in front of everybody, you know, because you're making this claim that someone's racist and you don't really have any proof that they are. That's like in the court, though. I think it's it's not that complex. I feel like I feel like the majority of the time. It is. I feel like the majority of the time when I'm in certain situations, um, if if it feels a certain way, like I guess it can it could be or like what I'm saying is like. When you're living the real life and you're being discriminated against, yeah, you're not going to go to court for it. You don't exactly. really have to prove it with a with a lawyer. But if you do feel a certain way, then that's like all you really need. I feel like you know what I mean. Yeah, but you know it. But who else knows it? As a black man, I could be offended by something, but how many other people will know that I have been discriminated against that are even in that same vicinity? Like, how many people will know that? I don't think. That's the goal, though. I think the goal is to eliminate it all. But I don't know what I don't know what everyone in the world understanding that I've been discriminated against means. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay. There are certain times where I've been in a situation where I'm one of the only black employees at a job, and there's another black employee. And let's say, for instance, something happens where we both work with the same employees. I don't have an issue with anyone because I do my job and I don't have a problem with I haven't had any issues with racism from what I know at this point. Me personally at work, I stay out of the way. But let's say some incident happens at work and this could be from a person that's not so credible. They probably made mistakes. They probably did some stuff they shouldn't have been doing and then they get in trouble and be like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm tired of these racist motherfuckers. I'm out of here. And I'll be thinking like, oh, fuck, what happened? Yeah. So he feels like he's being discriminated against and I would have to respect it. But how I don't really know what happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like we don't have. Here's the thing. We don't have a clear indication as of what is racist. We 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 tie in things like the N word is racism, saying the N word or not allowing people certain uh, not so much privileges, but opportunities. That's Mm -hmm. also racist. Mm-hmm. But from the internal sense, how would anyone else know that? 
That's what I'm saying because he said it's not you're not really concerned with other people knowing that. But if you feel that way and you externalize that, nobody knows what the fuck you mean. You basically said like, man, I came here, nobody helped me, and they help everybody else. This place is racist. Everybody's gonna be like, I don't know. I think that guy's you know. He, nobody really understands it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. But there's that the there's not going to be a definition that everyone agrees with because it's one of those things that's so nuanced that it's hard to get everyone on the same page with that. Exactly. But for me, if it, it, it's, I don't want to relate it to like rape or anything like Mm -hmm. that, but I think, you know, we, as today in our society, we're trying to push to a place where we're respecting everyone's um, accusations. And then I guess, like you said, you know, you have to, you have to prove it, you know what right. I mean? Which, which is kind of hard and, and exactly. difficult in that sense, but you just kind of want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing about it, too, is I feel like a lot of the seriousness is removed from the topic based on the fact that people, um, it's just oversaturated. Like, it's just over, it's a over, it's such a over, not overblown, because I don't think racism is overblown, but some people do, you know, make a mockery of it like it could be something that's seriously happening over here in north dakota that actually is you know people are actually oppressed and things are happening in this place Mm -hmm. but there's a person over here in california that didn't get a paper plate at motherfucking a burrito place and is calling everybody racist so Mm -hmm. it's like it's so many different angles and it's so many different layers to the situation Mm -hmm. that nobody really gets it that's why whenever whenever the the topic of race is even brought up people are like oh god i don't want to talk about it yeah like oh my god this world is not as bad as people think it is and you know yeah but that that's a normal normal way in oppressor would think though i don't think that even from a historical standpoint a lot of people feel like slavery wasn't that bad yeah. so when it comes to something like racism or people being discriminated against they're always going to feel like it's not that bad or that's not racist at all they're just you know they're just overblowing the situations well i think it comes from a lack of personalization like you have to be able to personalize something for you to actually see uh uh to see not value in it but to see the side of it and what i mean by that is if you're a person uh you're black or brown and you've had situations in life where you know you've been discriminated against, but a white person that doesn't understand it, it doesn't particularly make them racist. They just never had to deal with these things historically. Mm -hmm. So they don't know. I think that the way that they would know is that they had black friends or relatives in their family who have gone through these things and they have seen it from a, not so much from a first-handed account, but seen it with their friends and family, then they would understand like, hey, this shit's going on. But there are so many people that don't have that relatable um, experience that they don't get it. But then there are some people that are completely fucking racist and don't give a fuck. Yeah. So it's just it's a it's an extremely complex topic. It's not so complex from from our angle as black men. Me and Keith, even at this age, the other day I was in, I was in uh, Chico. I go in the store and the store owners follow me around the store. Mm hmm. And I know he's following me, not because he, you know, because I look suspicious. My beard was trimmed right. I look presentable. I'm a truck driver. But he probably just seen a black guy. Oh, they still. Let me check him out. 
Mm-hmm. But I feel that way. But telling someone that, they would say, I think you're over-exaggerating, man. I think maybe he just doesn't trust anybody. Yeah. Because they can't personalize my experience. That's the only point I'm trying to make. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that thing where it, that's never going to be... We're never going to be able to get those people on the same page. Right. Because they don't live... They, their skin is not like ours. They, their culture is different. They, it's kind of hard for them to walk in our shoes. There's a few people that understand it. People yeah. that are... They have friends and they've witnessed, you know, witnessed their friends getting handcuffed. They witnessed their friends getting followed around to school. They witnessed, you know, people, you know, doing whatever um, racist or discriminatory things to them. They can understand it, but from a person that's only seeing these things on TV, only seeing a man getting harassed on TV, you can look at it and be like, you know, there's two ways to look at it. There's one way where you'd be like, man, they need to leave him alone. And the second way is like, man, it's not that bad. Maybe he was doing something wrong. Right. So it's like that you're so far removed from the culture and so far removed from those like seeing those actual people that it's hard to internalize those things. Exactly. And that, and that, that, that we also have to be real and realize that perception to most people is reality. And the perception of a lot of people is it. I mean, the perception of a lot of different racial backgrounds is out there. It's just that people don't admit it. And I think the sooner that, we all admit that the way, you know, a lot of black people view white people, a lot of way white people view black people or black, brown people or Asians, mm-hmm. the more we're more transparent about that with ourselves, then I think that we can we could start making pushes forward. Yeah. But this world is not as progressive as it acts like it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're not. definitely not as progressive yeah. as we I act think- like we are. And I'm talking about all of us. Yeah. You know, because you, even when you think about like whether it be like LGBT like somebody could say like that's racist and you know because I'm a black man you want to do this but then they turn around and say something homophobic. Yeah. I've seen that shit too. Yeah. I think that, you know, I always go back to branding but I think at this moment in time where we're in the in the process of a rebrand as a culture, I think people are we're at the genesis of people kind of awakening, you know, right. realizing that um because we have this certain perception about us that, you know, it's up to us to go to extreme lengths to change what people think about us. Mm. And that's kind of what we're doing with this podcast and trying to spread our opinions on certain things, you know, being able to communicate, you know what I mean? Being able to talk about certain topics and also trying to uh, project a future for ourselves that is like, to be, you know, good financially literated, you know, all those right. kind of things. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Right. Yeah, I think that's very important. It's very important to be transparent, especially about we, we don't really talk about racial stuff on here mm-hmm. just because that's a topic that's talked about a lot. But when we ever do touch on it, we try to touch on it from every angle possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't speak for a white guy. OK, I'm a black man. I've been a black man for 34 years. Mm-hmm. But what I can speak to is the is a lot of the perceptions, mm-hmm. you know, the perception of a lot of white America on black America being, you know, that uh, I've watched I've watched a lot of Fox News and other news outlets where black people are referred to as, you know, you know, lazy and, 
you know, they need to get jobs and they need to do this and they need to stop, they need to stop having single mother households and yeah. all these things. Like I'm looking at all these stats, like a lot of black America has been broken down into stats instead of human beings. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, however, as a black man, I realize and know that I live the way I live. My life is not on par with the perception that's being put out into the world. Yeah. And I also realize that white people as a whole don't look at me as a, as a statistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So knowing that I, but knowing that I'm not going to put too much stock into what I see and just let that just be it. Yeah. Um, I just know we need a lot of work though. Yeah. I know, I know, I know we need a lot of work because since I was a little kid, I go into a store and the store clerk is watching me to see if I'm stealing. Yeah. And this is not, this hasn't changed. This is not every store. Yeah. But it does happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, and it happens frequently, especially depending on where you are. People mm-hmm. just expect certain things from you based on this perceived idea throughout history. Mm-hmm. Even the, the stereotypes, the whole thing, all this shit's going on. Yeah. You know, so I, we just need work. Yeah. I also think that if you're a person looking for racism, you'll find it even if it's not really there. So if you're a that's person a at point. work, that's like, man, all these people, all these all these people in here is racist, and you know I'm tired of these these people always getting on my back because I'm the only black person in the in the in the whole organization or in the job. Um, you know, you going in with that energy, it may not be true, it may it may be true, but you're going to start finding things that aren't really there, right? Because you know I mean? some people can genuinely be like Tyrone, you need to show up to work on time. Like, man, these niggas is racist, cuz. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's another thing too. I think that it just it, it's it sucks to say this, but like as a black man, whenever I see this is just my opinion. As a black man, when I see another black man that is not representing himself well, I know that it means more than just him not representing himself well because I know that a vast majority of people do not have a high uh, like a very uh a good perception of black people in America. Yeah. So when you're living up to that stereotype of you being late or or uh, not working hard or not doing whatever you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. I know that it validates their a lot of it, a lot of people it validates their idea of this lousy black man. Yeah, and that's not who I am at all. Mm-hmm. So when I show up to work and I do something, I'm not just it's different. If you're not black, you're not going to understand the statement that I'm about to make. But as a black man, when I am doing what I'm doing, I'm not doing it just to represent myself. Yeah. I'm representing people who look like me. Yeah. So I take a great deal of responsibility when I do things out in the world, business-wise, or the relationships I build with people. Like, they know, like, Eddie is a solid guy. He's a great guy, mm-hmm. you know? And that um, will start to have impact and sculpt the minds of people who may be um, very, what's the word? very small-minded in mm-hmm. regards to how they view other cultures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like I have a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just my personal opinion. I don't I don't think I don't think white people, I'm not going to say all. Well, honestly, I could say it. I don't think white people are worried about other other white people. Or like the perception the, the of perception. Their race. Yeah, they're yeah. not yeah, they're not worried yeah. about that cuz they're just living their lives mm-hmm. just being normal people. Mm-hmm. But as black people and brown people, I think that there's this perception that's out there and we can't anybody who cares about being better out in the world like keith doesn't go out and just do dumb shit Mm -hmm. 
because I know Keith not only represents himself, but he wants to look good for people who also look like him. Yeah. We talked about that. Um, was it last week? Just kind of living for your last name. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. This is an iteration of that. But, exactly. Um, it's the same sort of thing. You know what I mean? You're, you're there because I think there's so few black people in America and most people don't run into black people at all unless you're, you know, we're really centralized in a few different states. Exactly. You know, you know spread throughout the South and then 13%, you know, man. a little bit on the East Coast and then, you know, maybe in the, in the, in the, on the West Coast. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, I feel like us as black people, we have to um, present our best, the best form of ourselves. you know, when we're in these, be authentic, you know, don't be fake. Don't try to be, don't try to pander to anybody. Exactly. But um, just, you know, be the classiest version of yourself. Exactly. And I think due to us being the 13%, that's a very low percentage. Mm -hmm. So I think that that has a lot to do with, you know, us feeling like we not only need to represent for ourselves, but for people who look like us mm -hmm. to get more feet in the door that look like us. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not, how can I put this? I just don't want anyone to turn on the news and the perception that they have of black America is watching Chicago, you know, people being shot down in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not who I am. That's not who my family is. I come from a long line of educators in my family, mm -hmm. teachers and, you know, people that are that have degrees. I'm one of the people in my family that does not have a college education. Yeah. Okay. Keith had his degree, too. So, yeah, um, but that's 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 one of those. I keep saying I keep probably beating a dead horse but that's that's part of branding too right right barack obama's from chicago right kanye west is from chicago exactly oprah is from chicago exactly r kelly is from chicago oh no <laughs> no no god damn swear, man but like it you know what i mean like <laughs> extremely successful black people come from chicago common is another guy right you know lena waith you know she's winning winning um emmy awards and all kind of different stuff. Her show, The Shy, is, you know, extremely successful. Right. Um, so all these, you know, these extremely successful people from Chicago, Dwayne Wade, you know, Derrick Rose, all these people are uh, a testament of, you know, what a what black excellence would look like. Yeah, the outliers. Yet, yeah, yet they want to, I don't know who dubbed the, the name Chirac. I don't know if it was people in the community or the news or whatever. But, you know, I think that they if we just did focus on those people that would change the perception of um that that community and it would always and it would also change how the the people in that community looked at that community exactly yeah so exactly i just get tired of turning on the news and seeing like there have been this many people shot in chicago then this is like and they know it's predominantly black so mm -hmm. it just it just it really it mm -hmm. it pisses me off when i see that cuz mm -hmm. i know that i just know how the world the world thinks in that regard. This yeah, pretty. It's it's not like uh, I don't know. It, it's for me if I see multiple like instances happening with a different culture, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna group them all in. That's just not who I am. Yeah. But I know how a lot of America perceives mm -hmm. uh, Black America. Yeah. And I'm not saying everyone perceives Black people like that, but I know that that's pretty much. Mm -hmm. That's I won't say it's a majority, but it's a very large number of people that do that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. we just got to do better, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't want to beat a dead horse and talk about this too long. Mm -hmm. But I felt that if we do talk about it, talk about it from as many different angles as possible. Yeah. Or 
you know, incorporate many different examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's move on, man. Um, spending time in the right places. Mm-hmm. I think as people, if you want to, if you want to elevate or do something with your life, you have to spend time in places that will allow you to do that. So if you're a person that you want to be a radio personality or you want to do something uh something significant with your life, mm-hmm. you can't want to you you can't want to be a radio personality, but you're just chasing pussy all day and you're not doing anything to further your radio career. Mm-hmm. So you need to be in the right place around the right people. Mm-hmm. Like I like to be around people who create content. I like yeah. to listen to content myself. I like to watch YouTube uh videos of people who create content. I like to consume myself in a world where I'm adapting, not only adapting, but I'm getting my mind and and my energy ready for the world that I'm embracing instead of being like saying I want to do something, but doing contrary to that in my personal life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to embody this, the whole experience and spend and spend that specific time around people and go to places that could further your career instead of just not doing shit yeah yeah you're right man it's i think that that's a problem that it's not specific to a certain community or or culture i think it's it's those things that separate mediocre people from extremely successful people because um you know you think there's there's a lot i know you know each and every one of us knows someone that wants to be successful at something there's you know you know you probably know a musician or you probably know an actor or you probably know a writer and you know they they have all these ideas but they're not executing them and then you don't and then when you do see them i think the thing about me you know me and eddie you know, whenever whenever you see us out and about, generally, it's it's in a positive light, right? Right. If you see us out, we're we're probably at a comedy club, you right? Know, probably, probably you you know people. A lot of people catch you coming from the gym, right? Um, people see me at Barnes and Nobles all the time, you know, and they're writing and you know just hashing out ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you don't see us in the club. Nope. You don't see us. You know. Um, I don't know whatever other you know at whatever event that doesn't um coincide with what we're you know what we're trying to do or what we're or where we're trying to go and I think that's a problem a lot of people have and we're not you know extremely successful by any means but right you can look at someone that's not as successful as us but they they want to be in their mind right you know or at least that's what they say out loud I don't know if Deep down inside, they really want to be, or else they would probably doing. They would probably be doing more things to, you know, to to achieve that success. But that's one thing that you that you see. Um, you know, a guy that probably wants to play sports. He wants to. He wants to make it to the NFL. He's probably extremely athletic, but he's not really working on his craft outside of practice. He leaves practice, and he probably goes to some girl's house he probably on the game every weekend he's at whatever party and that's fine to do that but at the same time are you putting that extra work in you know yeah right yeah. i think at the end of the day it comes down to a, a just a bunch of things 
Like, if I got a text, like, I don't give a fuck who it was. Like, hey, we need to hang out tonight, Eddie. And it could be some super hot chick that I really want to, you know, hang out with her. But I know we got to record a podcast. She could wait, dude. Yeah. She could wait. And if she's, like, burnt out about it, I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. do this as a hobby. I do this because I love it. Yeah. So if if I'm putting myself in the right position, this is exactly where I should be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care about losing the opportunity with the woman because I value my podcast more than any woman on this planet. Okay, I don't give a fuck about any of them in regards to, in in relation, well, in comparison to this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, because first of all, here's another thing: any woman that would mean anything to me would never put herself in between my podcast ever. Yeah. If anything, she would be trying to find ways to compliment it, or, um, you know. Hey, I I found this equipment online on Amazon. You guys would sound good doing this. Yeah, exactly. You know, somebody that's supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you people don't realize that they want to go somewhere in life, but even the women you deal with got to be a certain type of way. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't I can't fuck with this any type of chick, mm-hmm. especially now cuz she would have to understand like this is me. Like she's uncomfortable with me every now and then I'm talking about pussy or something and she's mad. Then I can't deal with a woman like that that doesn't that can't think objectively and not understand that I'm not disrespecting you. I'm mm-hmm. not doing anything. This, this is, is just this is content. This is who I am. I'm not being fake. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like just just speaking to experiences from a very general a general mm-hmm. like aspect. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. It just it just goes to show that there are so many different elements to it. You can't just you can't just be doing some shit that doesn't go with. It's almost like being a married man, right? You're yeah. a married man, but yet you go to the club every week. You're going to end up fucking one of these chicks. Yeah, you're not a married man. You're not a married man. <laughs> you need to do things that complement your marriage. Take your wife out. Yeah. Go do yoga with your wife. Spend time with her. Talk to her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hang out with, with with friends who are also married so you guys could, you know, be friends with people who are married instead of chasing pussy. Yeah. You know, it's just I know it's a random t- a random comparison, but it's the truth. Yeah. You can't be a married man out here acting like a single man. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck are you a person that's trying to chase a dream, but you're chasing things that don't go with that dream? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think we all need to kind of sit back and and uh, assess ourselves and and see, see, like write down your goals, see where you're trying to go in your life and then see. Um, and look to see if the places that you're hanging out are comparable to where, to where you're trying to go. Exactly. Even if that place is home, like a lot of people, a lot of people don't need to be at home. You're no. probably at home too much. You know what I mean? I think when it, whenever I was in school and I was struggling, I realized that I was at home too much. I should oh, have wow. been in a library. I should have been, right. you know, in a in a more a more uh, work-oriented environment. Because when I got home, hop on the game, I'll watch TV, watch Sports Center back to back to back to back to back. Oh, um, goddamn! Watch a little bit of porno here and there. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, speaking of the porn thing, hold that thought. Like, uh, there was this video that got sent to me on uh, Instagram that was fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. and it said, uh, <laughs> it said, it said, white porn be like this, and is this like a picture of this black girl? Mm-hmm. And like I guess she like was having a face like she had a vibrator, mm-hmm. and you can hear the vibrator back like, <laughs> and then the show you can hear like in the background the porno going like, 
are you the plumber? And he's like, yeah, I'm here to drop some pipe. It's like, I have a leak and it's squirting so bad. You get it? This shit was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, porn is, is, a, it's, porn is probably the most unrealistic thing on planet Earth, man. Yeah, it's like super uh, exaggerated version of. Nobody does. Life. The shit that's done in pornos, nobody does that in real life. Yeah. I don't, it's just entertainment, I guess. It's like WWE. It's like WWE except with cocks. WWP. What? Said WWP. Oh, what's that? World Wrestling Pussy Confederation. <laughs> World Wrestling Porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man, I know you totally lost your train of thought now. Nah, I was just talking about uh, just in school where I was. Uh, yeah. You know, I was I was spending too much time at home, and I and then once I realized that. You know, I once I got away from home and I wasn't able to, you know, it wasn't even physically possible to get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, um, you know, I became a more successful student. So it's just like, you know, just kind of being self-aware and assessing assessing these situations. Like, you know, if you're if you're a person that's I know a lot of people out there that have ideas for whatever or they want to be. I know a lot of people. They want to be. um you know, music video directors and directors and stuff. Right. You can't do that at home. No. You got to get out. You got to, you know, find artists, you know, build a relationship or a rapport with somebody that you deem as talented and, you know, get out and do stuff. You know, what's funny is I think there's people always have an excuse that doesn't also match their dream. Like, let's say, for example, you want to be a photographer, but you're too broke. You don't have a phone. You don't have a uh, uh, camera, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have a camera. You don't have... Uh, any information then you could do an apprenticeship you could follow a guy around who has all the equipment who takes the pictures you could learn from him what yeah. he's doing yeah you could take you could uh you know shadow this shadow this person mm -hmm. you could learn how to take different pictures with your smartphone there's so many things you can do mm -hmm. if you want to be a successful photographer yeah. you know and it's it's it goes to show man there's some people that didn't have shit that mm -hmm. made like somehow made it like they they got a part time job and they finally bought the low level camera and yeah. then they took good pictures with the low level camera and now they got a name for themselves and now they're taking better pictures they're doing weddings now now they're making money now they got a whole yeah. photography company yeah man yeah I know I know a guy um guy named Joey Joey actually took the pictures if if any of you follow us on instagram he took the pictures of the, the really nice photos podcast. shout yeah. out to joey shout out to joey but joey was one of those guys he 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 was working at walmart he was a manager there he was making solid money but he quit his job you know and he, he bought some equipment he bought a camera and stuff and now he's a lot of it a lot of the work is picking up he's shooting music videos he's he's shooting uh pictures for weddings and stuff like that and you know, he seems to, you know, every time I talk to him, he's working. So uh, I assume that he's doing pretty good. But that's one of those things that, you know, he was he he said he wanted to make movies. He said he wanted to, you know, do photography. And every time I talk to him, he's doing that. Oh, wow. So it must be so fun. Yeah. Like, I think about like, OK, here's a, here's my thing, because I'm honest. I feel like today's podcast, we did a lot of talking. Uh, it just seems like the energy wasn't off, but I feel like, you know, um, there was there was times where maybe I was a little absent minded, but I'm aware of that. Mm -hmm. So. If you are aware of your art and what you're doing and you want to get better at it, then we're going to take this into the next podcast mm -hmm. and keep working. 
Mm-hmm. I still think that we do a fairly good job at what we do. You mm-hmm. know, however, like just little things, like wanting to get better, wanting to do these things. Yeah, it, it only puts you in so many places. Like you're always in a mind state of creating better content mm-hmm. or doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but to piggyback on your friend, um, I think about what life would be or how it will be once we reach the apex of the whole podcast game. Yeah, you know, monetizing it and yeah. having a. Oh, I'm gonna find it. Go, go ahead and talk. Yeah, go. Ahead. Yeah, basically monetizing it and having the huge, having a huge following and people listening to this shit yeah. every motherfucking week. We got people that already listen every week. Yeah. Um, which whom, which whom we appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, it would be amazing to be like your friend Joey, who does this shit full time, because yeah. it wouldn't even feel like I had a job. Yeah. I would just pull up like, let's do this. Yeah. You know, no script. We never, we don't script anything here. This shit is all off the top of the head. Yeah. And oh, uh, just a heads up. Um, I did a, I did a over a fourteen hour shift, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I got in super late this morning, past eight plus a.m. I'm doing this podcast off of only about three hours, two and a half hours of sleep. Because mm-hmm. when I go to sleep real late, I don't get great sleep, so I wake right up. Mm-hmm. So I'm still here doing this shit. No excuses. Uh, Keith also has shit he's doing, and we're still here, man. So, mm-hmm. what do you got going on, man? What's what's going on? Um, so the, I was reading. I'm reading this book. Uh, I mentioned it a while back about the the monk that sold his Ferrari. Oh um, yeah, and it's not a profound quote, but it, it just reminded me about um, like just about potential. And it and it talked about um, so. It talked about like basically like unlocking the the mental uh, and physical reserves that you you never thought you had, and it basically said that um, it said I had recently read in a book that the average person uses only a minute measure of his human capacity. So it just kind of talks about like how different we would be if we were able to maximize you know our capabilities. Right, if we're, if we're able to access you know, more information or if we were not necessarily more intelligent, but we were able to um, hold on to more information that we consume on a daily basis. So it just kind of goes, goes into it. Like, you know, imagine like me and Eddie talk all the time. Our, our podcast is, we feel like it's solid, but we know that once Eddie's not working 14 hour shifts, and <laughs> <laughs> once I have more time during the week to devote to, like just researching little different shit know, be off the things. fucking chain. Yeah, like our, our, it's only going to get better. So you know, a guy like Joe Rogan, his podcast is great, but you know, he I'm sure he spent so much time just researching. Oh yeah, you know, little subtle random things. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a guy that knows a lot about a lot. Yeah, he knows a lot about a lot of shit. I love Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. You know, and my thing is, is I don't want to sound like a you know uh, a fanboy, but I, let me be completely honest here. I think the three people that I would say I uh, I I would say I guess you say admire, mm-hmm. but the three people that I model not myself after directly, but like a lot are Big Boy from uh, Big Boy's Neighborhood, the the radio show. Yeah, Big Boy, um, Joe Rogan, and Charlamagne God. Mm-hmm. I've been watching those three guys extremely close, and the way that they the way that they ask, the way that they ask questions, their personality, all of it, 
it just it's just a it's just amazing. These guys are like pioneers, man. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. within the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Anything else, man? You good? Nah, that's it. You hanging on? Yeah, I'm good. All right, man. You lucky you was you tapping out, man. Nope. I think it's time. That. I think that so I listen to some other podcasts and they have that same moment we have at the end. They yeah. kind of look at each other like, you good? Yeah, you <laughs> good? All right. Yeah. That's the last, that was the last topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, we we never talked about um when I met my teacher. Oh fuck. Go ahead. That's 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 your story, dude. Yeah. Go ahead and and elaborate on that. It's, yeah. As colorful as possible. So two things I, I want to talk about. Uh, uh-huh. Mark Madoff too. Uh-huh. So one one I so I was in Barnes and Nobles, um you know being in the right places. You know what I mean? Like we talked about earlier. I was in Barnes and Nobles, and I was just uh, working a little bit on a script and. I was sitting in a chair and this guy walks by and I'm like, dang, like for me, I have a, like a, um, an okay memory, I guess, like a photographic memory. So when I seen the guy, I just caught a glimpse, glimpse of like the his profile. I was like, dang, I gotta be my old, my old track coach. My old track coach, his name is Mr. Fox. He used to, he, he used to, um, when I was in elementary school, like in fourth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, he, he was the track coach there. So, um, he 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 walks by and then um I didn't get up to talk to him primarily because he had primarily because I had my backpack and my laptop and stuff and I didn't want to like take all that over there to talk to him. So um when some of my friends came in I was you know I felt comfortable enough to leave my stuff there at the table and then I walked over and then I seen him and I was like like are you Mr. Fox and he was like yeah he was like he he couldn't really recognize me at first. And I was like, yo, it's Keith. And he was like, oh, man, what's up? And we just talked for probably about, like, 15 to 20 minutes. And he looked, um, he kind of looked like, um, what's the guy's name from um, Back to the Future? The Oh, the Doc? Yeah, he looked like the, he looked like that guy. Like, his hair is gray. It's kind of, like, standing up. It's kind of all over the place. Um, he's wearing like this tank top and like some plaid shorts and, you know, some n- unnamed brand, um, non-name brand shoes. And he was just living his best life. It felt like, like he, he was, he was, he, to me, he looked comfortable. He looked like free. He looked like, uh, worry and stress free, but to, you know, to the average person, he probably would look like a little bit crazy, but he just had like this, this, uh, I won't call it a glow, but you know, this, just freeness about him whenever I was talking to him. And, and one of the things that he was saying was he, he was a teacher for, he, he's been teaching since the nineties. He taught, he taught at elementary school at, at uh, elementary schools. And he also taught at a junior high level. Um, and he was like, dude, I, you know, he's, he'd been coaching track for all these years. And he was like, I recently donated all of my, materials to another uh another track club so i don't have any of my track stuff anymore and then he also said that you know he 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 retired from teaching so you know that was a certain relief in itself and he was talking about like the stresses that come with teaching not necessarily dealing with the kids but part of it was the the amount of time you have to devote to certain things that you're not necessarily getting paid for so he was saying that every day of the school year, he would have to 
read his emails. If he didn't read his emails, he was yeah. in trouble. So 30 minutes before work, he would have to arrive and sift through, you know, 30 minutes worth of emails. So that's that's how he's starting off every day. And essentially, generally, emails are about problems. You know, teachers are or principals are emailing you about like grades or teachers are emailing you about attendance and, you know, all kind of nonsense. So you got to start your day off essentially with that negative energy and then you got to, you know, do. So he's doing that every single day of the school year. So um, and you got to think about that transition from starting in the 90s where we weren't even using computers in. Everything was manual. You're taking your role on a piece of paper and then, you know, you'd have a runner take it up to the office or something like that. So, you know, transition all the way to the mid-2010s where everything is on a computer. And that can take a toll on you, you know. He felt like he was almost enslaved a little bit. So he said um, he doesn't have to deal with none of that. He After he quit school, he went off the grid. He was like, basically, I didn't use the Internet for a year. I maybe used it once or twice. That's Uh, just crazy, man. Yeah, but that's about it. He got he got into gardening. He's starting to grow his own his own pretty much all all, his, all of his own fruit and vegetables. He has a huge garden in his backyard that he he you know he he essentially did with his own own two hands. And he's just living this life. He's like man, I, like a, ideally I want to be self sufficient all around. He's like right. I don't want to pay PG and E. I don't want to pay you know any you know bill to anybody i just want to you know be able to live off of you know my own land and everything like that oh wow so um but it was it was just amazing seeing him and seeing that transformation like he he's a guy that got a late start in life he didn't start teaching till he was like i think he said he didn't graduate school till he was like 39 damn yeah and then he taught for like 20 years and he's in the 60s now oh wow but um, it was it was just kind of one of those things, and it, it made me feel good that you know the the best thing that you can do for yourself is to make money doing the things you love. Right? Yeah, because like if you were able to see, you know, if you were able to see him and how how joyful he looked and how he was talking to me about freaking um about the things he wanted. I won't say the name of it because that's his, his company, but he was talking to me. He's trying to make a business out of like selling vegetables and stuff. And I was like, man, he just sounds so excited about it to, to, a, to a normal person and be like selling vegetables. That's stupid. But to him, that brought him the most joy and you could see it on his face. So like, I'm all for, wow. you know, probably the same face that you would get if you're talking about podcasts, you know what I mean? Just right. Like, you just kind of light up just, talking about but he was happy about carrots yeah exactly wow you know to me and and that (laughs) that made me feel good for him i'm like yo man that's dope like i i'm 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 genuinely happy for him and um it kind of goes into that topic about like like cell phones and you know right now we don't know what's going on with cell phones they have certain researchers research out there that shows that you know these uh these waves and stuff that happened from being talking on the cell phone too much and having your eyes on the cell phone too much, how, how that could be damaging to your eyes and stuff oh, definitely. like that. Um, but you know, ideally I want to get to a place like that where I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be consumed with being on social media and worry about posting whatever. I, yeah, I think that by. that's going to happen more and more. The more, I think the more in tune that, you know, the more deep we become into the podcast, 
The only time I really, if, if anybody has me on social media, the only time I'm really posting stuff and actually doing stuff mm-hmm. is on my story. I'm active on my story, but posting actual content, I don't post it as much unless it's really related to the podcast or it's something that, you know, that is kind of inspirational or something that I feel is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't just post random memes. Some people post memes all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, like life is not just a joke. Like you can use your social media any way you want. Yeah. But just some people just, I don't know, it's weird. It's yeah. kind of weird to me. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. But I, I, I think that, um, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't have him on the podcast just because I think that would be a little bit weird. But yeah, you're talking uh, about vegetables. It freaked me out. <laughs> the only vegetable Eddie knows is eggplant. <laughs> no, but I would I would be curious to to talk to someone uh have a conversation with someone like that. A person that's kind of trying to be self-sufficient and you know not cuz there's so much so much damage that we don't really know of. Right yeah. now, you know, a lot of research and documentaries are coming out about certain things, but a lot of this stuff is extremely harmful for us. Exactly. And for a person like that to just kind of be living off the land and growing their own fruit, um, I applaud them because it's it's hard. You know, it's not the it's not the easiest path to take. You're trying to go all the way natural, man. Yeah. You can't go too natural, though, man. If you out there, your pullout game gonna have to work. <laughs> I mean, it ain't natural to use condoms. Condoms, that's man made. <laughs> he using a uh, like what kind of? I don't know. Nah, they Ki- kiwi skin condoms. Nah, they, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have no. They I man, back in the day, people used to have like twelve kids because niggas never pulled out back then. Yeah, they yeah. was just going raw, man. That's mm-hmm. crazy. You're getting diseases too. Yeah, it's getting all kind of and shit. They, th- that's the thing that sucks is you know back in the day they. You would get a disease and you wouldn't really know what was going on with you. So you would be just getting extremely sick or like, you know, have all kind of, you know, stuff going on in your genital area that yeah. you wouldn't really know. Yeah. You've been walking around with swollen balls for two yeah. years. Yeah. God. Oh, that's crazy. Swollen ball disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doc- the doctor doesn't even diagnose it right. They'll be like, so what's wrong with me, doctor? Yeah. Well, yeah. it looks like you got swollen balls, young man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better empty those things out. <laughs> Better masturbate. Okay. <laughs> But uh, but no, yeah, that was uh, Mr. Fox, man. Shout out to Mr. Fox. He's a he's a person. You shouted out Mr. Fox right after you talked about masturbation. <laughs> I hope you know. <laughs> we need a pause. We need a pause in there somewhere. <laughs> a little musical break or something. Oh <laughs> Lord! But um, but I would I I'm mad that I missed out on you know talking about Mr. Fox. Whenever we did our like teacher appreciation segment, uh, I don't I don't know what episode that was, but a while back we did a like a you know a teacher appreciation episode where you know I kind of dived into some teachers that impacted my life and Eddie did the same. So, but definitely right. Mr. Fox is he's that's the first organized sport running track that I ever that I ever did, and he was a person that um, you know super intelligent person that was able to pull out like he was he was one of those people that saw the potential in me more so than you know I probably even knew it in myself and we went on to win you know multiple medals and valley meets at um 
uh, in the relay races and and stuff like that. And he's uh, he's actually Tree's coach too. So shout out to Tree. Shout out to Mr. Fox. Shout out to Tree, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another thing. Um, one of my former professors, one that I mentioned during that segment when we talked about the teachers, uh, Mr. Uh, Mark Medoff, he passed away. I believe he had cancer. That's what they were saying on, on the Wikipedia page. Um, I don't know for sure what, what happened to him, but I believe that was, you know, he's, he'd, he'd had been battling all kind of illnesses pretty much since I met him. Um, he was 79 years old and he, he recently passed away. But Mark Medoff was super intelligent person. Uh, one of the smartest people that I've that I've been able to run into, and he he was uh, he essentially started the the film school at New Mexico State. Um, they I, I believe they just did it on a whim. It was it was only like nine eight years uh, maybe like ten years ago that they started the school, but um, they started the school um, in New Mexico. Uh, at New Mexico State, the film school there, and you know he built it up to you know what it is now. Now it's a lot, you know, it's a lot bigger, and it's only growing. It's getting better and better every year. They're they're you know able to bring more and more talent down there, um, and they're growing the film festival around it and everything. So uh, all that started, you know, with you know just the idea that he had. Um, but Mark Medoff was a he's a playwright. He has a Tony Award. Um, he has all kind of different awards for you know his his plays. He he has a a play the the play that he won the Tony Award for was Children of a Lesser God. Um, I think I believe he was also nominated for an uh, an Oscar award for the film that they made based on that play. Uh, I don't believe he won, but he he was also nominated for that. But outside of all the the accolades, it it was just crazy. Like one day I went into his house and. Obviously, if you have a Tony Award, you're going to display it. But it just like it was. It's just like this huge award just sitting in the middle of his dining room. Wow! And it's just sitting there. It's like super, like shiny and all golden. It's just crazy. Like man, like I, I was associated with a person that had a Tony Award. And um, so, uh, but outside of that, Mark was like, he was like, he was my acting teacher. So I took a. An acting class, and I only took the class because I needed the I needed another um, like six. I mean, I needed another like three credits to graduate school on time. Yeah. Because if not, I would have had to stay like a whole a whole another year. So I took that class, and it was the advanced acting class, and I hadn't even acted at all. So um, I, the the advisor signed me up for it, and I'm like, man, I don't even know who Mark Medoff is. Like, I see his name all over campus, but I have no idea who this guy is. So I show up, and he's like, he kind of he kind of walks through with a boot. Um, and he's this, like, short white guy with, like, you know, hair slicked back and everything. And I was like, dang, I'm kind of here. And it was it was kind of nerve-wracking in a sense because, like, the, the allure of Mark right. Madoff. And you never even met him before. But you know, like, all of his accolades, and you know his resume and stuff. So, like, he's in there, and then, like... You know, the class goes on and you realize, like, you're not even in the acting class. You know, normal acting class would be like, hey, guys, like, read this scene. You know, we're going to go back and forth and we're going to, you know, yeah. work the scene out. And, you know, I'm going to tell you if you did a good job or tell you what you could do better. But he's like, he's like diving into, like, the depths of your soul, kind of. 
Like he made people cry in that class. Wow. There was a girl because you would have to. He there was instances where we would have to tell a personal story. So the story I told was was not that deep. It was just about a guy that I had uh, a roommate that I had that got super drunk and you know he's trying to fight everybody. <laughs> Whatever. But there's this girl. <laughs> there's this girl in our class, and she was telling this story. The, the idea was that she never got a chance to tell her dad that she loved her, and her dad ended up dying. Oh, no. So she's telling this story, but she's telling it from, like, a third-person point of view. Right. So she's like, but as the story goes on, you're starting to realize that she may be talking about herself. Right. So Mark, Mark Madoff is catching on to this. So he's like, yeah, I understand that you're saying you're talking about this little girl and how, you know, she went to this dance and, you know, whatever happened and he wasn't able to take his daughter to the dance. But he's like, now I want you to say I instead of her or she. And then just that little trigger like spawned so much emotion out of her that she just started like tearing up. She wasn't able to finish telling the story. Oh man. So that's crazy. That's acting for Mark. So he was able to like pull those kind of things out of, out of you. And, um, he's just an amazing guy, man. It was, it was also like, I was just, I always say that, um, I just admire those people that um, he his mind reminded me of the way that you know Kobe Bryant looks at basketball, right? Like it's bigger than this laser the ball, this laser focus, yeah, and passing it. He's you know he's always looking for the metaphors between like acting in real life or whatever. Like he he's a guy that he's like I could be doing a scene and I could be saying my lines or whatever, and on a certain line I would like clench my fist or like something he's like yeah i like what you're doing there when you're when you're clenching your fist just like little weird little details that you know he would always (laughs) he would always do that seems that seems really cool man but the most impactful thing he did was he was able to much like mr fox he was able to see something in me that i didn't see in myself he would he would tell people in front of me like this guy's this guy's gonna be good like this guy's you know he's he, he's really good at acting, and um, I'm I'm uh, excited to see where his career goes from here. So you know I think you know wherever you know this acting and filmmaking and podcasting leads, I can always point back to that moment in time where you know he he, he projected that on me. He right. he told you know right in front of me to another person that you know I was going to be really good at this acting thing so um i'm just extremely proud to have met the man for the short amount of time and one thing that i am happy i was able to contact him uh a few months ago they they recently he wrote this this uh this film called walking with herb and it stars like uh james edward almost oh george lopez uh, a couple other big name big name actors in there that I can't think of right now. But um, you know, it's kind of like those we always talk about giving people that flowers while they're here. Right. Um, I was like, it was just a short email. I basically just said like, "Hey, congratulations on your new film. You know, I'm proud of what you're doing or whatever." And then you know, he just shot. He just responded by saying thank you. Um, but you know, that's just you know, that's you know, one thing that I think a lot of us should start doing more. Like I'm starting to realize that we don't know when 
people are going to go. Right. So it's important to show your appreciation while these people are here. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, uh, one one other thing, too, is that um, you realize like that six degrees of separation. Like I was telling Eddie, if you if you go to um, Neil Patrick Harris's Twitter page, he 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 put a he he made a little short post about uh, Mark Medoff when he passed or when he heard the news, and there's a there's an interview on YouTube that you could find where he's basically saying like Mark Medoff you know started my career you know I was a no name actor and he gave me a chance to be in one of his plays and then you know after that my career took off so oh wow it's like very very powerful man and uh, you know if you find these people in your life just Make sure you show their show you show them your that you appreciate them while they're here because you know you never know. When exactly. Don't be too cool to let that be known. Yeah. 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 That's great that you tied it together like that. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, man. That was a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, I'd like to thank you for tuning in for episode fifty-seven. Plenty more to come. And you've been listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Thanks. We're out of here. Peace. Later.